All right, everybody, we are back for another episode of the Infinite Boost podcast. And today I am joined by Dan. He is the owner or he, the founder of Escape Velocity. Yeah, I wear a lot of different hats, but definitely owner, founder, board member, and then, you know, a lot of other stuff in between with some other people, though. But okay. yeah. Okay, cool. So uh, one of the things that I've done uh, now through this podcast is, uh, you know, as I've said previously on the podcast, one thing that I've, uh, one of my biggest opportunities has been finding consistent guests. And now that we have kind of made an integral connection with IGL, I thought it would be cool to try to connect more with other folks that are uh, really connected with the IGL community. And T now, the one of the founders of IGL, offered up the opportunity to for me to connect with other owners of franchises. And Dan uh, was kind enough to reach out and say that he was open to being on the podcast. So here we are. I'm going to have him as really one of the first franchise owners uh, on the show. And I will probably have more in the future and other IGL players uh, since they kind of run the gamut. Um, but he was kind enough to come on. So that's a little bit of his background. That's how we got connected. And uh, Dan, why don't you just, before we really get into chatting, uh, how did you find Rocket League? Like, where are you with Rocket League? And how's the, how's the game been treating you recently? Um, well, we'll get to the how the treatment's been um, at the later part of the question, because I'm sure like everybody else, it's kind of a love-hate relationship at certain times. But uh, so Rocket League, um, what, maybe around 2000, I think maybe 16 is when it went free-to-play on PlayStation, roughly. 15, I think 16. like mid to late 2015, because I think it came okay, out yeah. in 2016 on Xbox. Yep. So boom, that came out. I was big on PlayStation at the time. I had didn't do the whole gaming on PC thing quite like a, when I was younger. That came across and I was like, well, I'm going to go check this out. I mean, it's car soccer. I mean, it's free to play. That's what I got PlayStation Plus for. So started checking it out. And uh, I, I distinctly remember like server gate, I think is what Psionics <laughs> referred to it as like when nobody could get on. And it was really bad because and I think when you could kind of sporadically catch a game or so, it was it, it was like crack. You know, you were just like, oh, my gosh, I want to hurry up and do another one because of how that how quick that turnaround time is. So you survived through that. And then finally, everything kind of got stabilized. And um, it, it was the first game in I say sports game. I use that kind of loosely because, I mean, is it a sports game? You know, I'm not too sure. I don't look at it like you do Madden or FIFA where a new year brings a new roster necessarily. Um, but it was the first game now that I look back that I constantly always go back to. Like there is that gravitation to new games will come out. You'll dip out, play that, maybe disappear for like a month or so. And uh, you come back and that's what I've noticed about Rocket League over the years. So I got into it super hardcore and um, it's never left uh, whatever device I've owned, whether it be, you know, the Xbox, the PlayStation. Now I strictly do it on PC, um, but it's certainly been one of those games that I always come back to. Fell in love just right from the start. Mm hmm. Now, were you were you a Madden player or did you play those other games, NBA, 2K Live or anything like that? I did. I did Madden. Uh, and really, that was more so with my kids. Um, they're super into Madden doing football and stuff. So I would do some of that. I would do like golf, you know, like Tiger Woods, I think, you know, was sure. the jam back in the day. Uh, so I would do stuff like that. And then, you know, sports games. I, I think I got FIFA once or twice and then played it for like 20 minutes. I was like, eh, no, this isn't for me. Um, even though I consider myself a sports guy, I think the only other sports game really that I got super into was like MLB The Show. Uh, sure. That would be, you know, one of the hardcore sports games that I would kind of dive into. But even I haven't even dove into that one in a couple of years, to be honest. With were you were you ever into soccer before playing Rocket League? Uh, not outside of my parents forcing me when I was like 10 or 11 years old. <laughs> I, I, that, that was like the extent of it because it was a lot of running. And as I've gotten older, um, you know, like when I was 21, 22, maybe I discovered the gym. And then I found out that running cardio hurts gains and I don't want to hurt gains. So I'm not going to run. Of so uh, soccer was never really so much into my cards. Um, but I do think it's interesting. I, I think a lot of the environment uh, that kind of surrounds soccer, uh, you, you can actually kind of find a little bit of in Rocket League. So I, I get curious around big games, kind of like everybody else, you know, whether it be hockey, um, you know, baseball, I continuously watch all year. Go Braves, by the way. Um, but I mean, it, it's... Oh, well, congratulations yeah. on that then, right? 
Oh, yeah. The season that should have never been. They should never have taken off the way they did. But it just goes to show you, you don't have to have, you know, that billion dollar New York Yankee lineup to do something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So then what what really hooked you about Rocket League then? So, uh, you, you know, I'm. Um, I guess one of the biggest things I know why it still catches my attention is ADHD, right? Like I've had it, you know, since I was a kid, you know, and then I'm in the military too. So when I first joined the military, couldn't be on, you know, medication, you know, for whatever reason. Um, and, and I think a lot of it kind of feeds that quick fix kind of stuff though, because, you know, they say with people with ADHD have to be constantly moving, constantly doing something, moving on to the next thing. And you need that instant gratification too. Right. And, and I think that's one I don't want to blame it on that and say ADHD is the only reason I like Rocket League or anything like that. But I think it says something uh, to that kind of crowd, though, that's really looking you're looking for a quick game, five minutes, right? Like maybe six minutes, depending on if the other team wants to sit there and watch every single goal of theirs on replay, then maybe it's an hour. (laughs) Um, But I mean, outside of that, I I think a lot of it is the quick, um, quick play. And it's casual enough that I think anybody can do it. But it's hard enough to where you will spend years getting good at it. Yes. You know, just the depth of it, I think, is one of the biggest reasons uh, that it still catches me till this day. Sure. So speaking of spending years getting good at it, I think that's a good transition to hearing a little bit about where you are with Rocket League like right now. Where, where are you ranked? How are, how are things going for you? Well, so I was the type of person back in 16, 17, 18 that believed getting good at Rocket League was jumping straight into ranked. Like there was no free play. There was no casual. I'm either playing ranked or I'm not. And uh, I survived that up until Diamond, you know, I think fairly quickly. And then when I hit Diamond, it was years. Like I'm not even lying to you. I spent a couple of years being a Diamond player. Um, So since then, I I don't want to, obviously I'm kind of dancing around, but I fast forward to today after discovering free play, um, running with teams, having an organization, being forced to get better. um, I shot up in the last seven, eight months from C2 to GC1. Nice. Yep. And I I think at 38, that is probably maybe right about where I'm going to peak. So I'm still holding out for like the RLCS seniors division, you know, or maybe (laughs) over 38, over 40 crowd. We uh, might have to work on that. That's that's not a bad idea. (laughs) Maybe not like RLCS senior, but just having like a senior league, I think could be. I do. I, I really think they do because it's one of those games, you know, like you're talking, you have players right now, 14, 15, 16, that are quick twitch able to really do things that I'm like sitting here because I also cast a lot of Rocket League I'm sitting here even just as a caster going holy Toledo and it's one of those things that as you get into your mid-20s late 20s you lose a lot of the ability to kind of keep up with that kind of stuff um so it's personally something I'm happy with and proud of but um it's definitely something honestly I think there's room for because I don't believe you find the same gay play like at my age that you do, you know, with, with some of the younger crowd. And it's not an excuse. I think it's just science. You know what I mean? Sure. There's, there is definitely some science behind it though, as somebody that is uh, not getting any younger, certainly would like to uh, combat against as opposed to give into. I, I'm curious though, what would be the age limit for the senior league? What's the cutoff age? Unlimited. Or so, you mean like the what's, youngest? What's you the mean? floor? Yeah. What's the floor of the senior league? I'd honestly say like 35. I, I would say you run like but, but 33, 35, um, because you need that period of self-realization that things are not working anymore, but I'm going to hold on. So maybe from 27 <laughs> to 32, you're still chasing the dream. And then at 33, you accept your senior card, like the senior PGA tour or something. Yeah. And then you move on from there. Do you know what is the age for the for the uh, what do they call it in the PGA where you can start playing like the senior? I think it's literally like the senior PGA tour. Like I'm pretty, I'm almost positive like seniors attached to it, but I want to say it's like sixty or something. Oh, is it? Is it that? I want to say it's pretty daggone old. Now I'm curious. Okay, yeah, I am. I am as well. So while we're kind of 
mutually trying to research that. One thing that I'm curious about as well, and everybody that listened to this podcast, I I've told a few people how, well, anyways, what do you, when you say that you feel like your peak or you're getting to your peak at GC one, what causes you to feel that way? Um, so I think, uh, unfortunately, uh, like I said, I've, I've been in the military now for 18 years and some change, and I've had some injuries along the way. And uh, a lot of them, like a uh, neuro brain kind of stuff that I received treatment for like a year and a half for, which is essentially like death perception and center, it's visual frontline shift, essentially, is what you perceive as the middle is not necessarily the middle, it's kind of offset. So mm. There was actually, I was talking with a doctor there and it's quite funny because they knew what I was talking about because, and this was about a year and some change ago. Um, I was, my kids play it too. And I was just describing, and I was trying not to say rocket league or a game, but I was throwing things <laughs> like sometimes, you know, I'm trying to throw a dart at a board and I can't necessarily see it. Or I think I see something on the screen. I got to touch the screen and it's not there. It's actually a little over to the left. And then finally, like a guy was just looking at me and I was like, okay, like rocket league. And it was funny because this 60 year old neurosurgeon knew what rocket league was. And it was awesome because I didn't have to explain to it. And it's like, okay, so tell me what happens. And I was basically just like, there's situations in there when I, I should have hit the ball, you know, and this is maybe we'll say free play or whatever, take lag, take all that other stuff out of the equation. But I should have done something in the game that isn't translating from my eyes down to my hands. And we ended up doing something called neurofeedback training. And they had me do this for about a month it's essentially you're hooked up to this machine uh, it's got like these brainwave readers on it that go around and you're essentially communicating with this computer game through your mind like it was the trippiest stuff in the world and you have to kind of focus on it and move use whatever's going on in your brain uh, to make the character the ship or what have you move in the game and it helps with a lot of resetting some of that neurological stuff in your brain that goes around and creating more neuro uh, neuro i'm gonna mess it up hopefully somebody's not a neurosurgeon or hopefully he's not even listening because he's like oh my gosh it's not it at all um but essentially no kidding started noticing a shift in the actual video game when i was doing stuff because of these exercises and because of this training and it really renewed a lot of me wanting to continue to play the game and actually get better at it because they were able to kind of help me correct some of those issues that i was actually having and it obviously just doesn't do have to do with straight rocket league i'd go to reach for a door handle and the door handle's not there you know i'd, I'd jam my wrist you know reaching for a door um and, and that just kind of comes with the hazards of what i do but through them and, you know, through other coping mechanisms, I've been able to kind of reset a little bit and use that in, you know, ways with like Rocket League and other aspects. That's wild. Yeah. That's so that's so crazy to hear that. Uh, I mean, not only that a neurosurgeon or a neuro doctor would know what Rocket League is and be <laughs> able to kind of accommodate you, but that you have been able to go through these tests and you've been able to recuperate some of these skills. So yeah. did you, did you see some evolution or some growth in rocket league as well from doing these exercises? Yeah, I did. And uh, truth be told, this is like news breaking first. Nobody outside of my like immediate family knows about this. Uh, my wife thought it was the funniest thing in the world, uh, but I did. I felt more consistent. It went to a point to where, okay, maybe not necessarily the mechanic. I, I could always work on mechanics, right? I, I sailing sure, shots, sure, sure. all that other stuff. Got it. But it's so, it became so much more than, Hey, you just got to have a good shot on the ball to where now I can worry about game sense. Now I can worry about the real mental aspects of the game versus just, Oh my gosh, I have the ball. I have to hit the ball. Oh my gosh, I have to hit the ball. Um, so absolutely. There was a big change there. Um, with that coupled with, you know, um, running an organization and being forced to play because my org is so top heavy, it's not even funny having to play SSLs and GC3s where you play six mans, you know, like private six mans for an hour or two, then you go play ranked and you're a C2 or whatever. It's like, holy smokes, this is so slow. Like mm -hmm. I'm having to consciously play a lot slower because of the pace. So it's definitely a number of things, but I do think that the medical stuff uh, put me on the path. Uh, to at least getting better because it helped me cope with a couple of the uh, the, the injury side effects, I guess you could say. Sure. Now, do, 
do you mind sharing a, a specific example of an exercise that you did that might have correlated to you noticing some improvement in Rocket League? Yeah, so there's this thing called, um, and I'm going to forget the name of them, but it's essentially a string that has beads on it, right? Um, and it's like, you know, the things when you're a kid, you got like the little stick that pokes up and you put the rings on it. Very similar to that. And I'll have to, I'll get the name for the device just and pass it on to you. But what it is, is essentially you put it on maybe like a doorknob or preferably something at eye level and you hold it up to your nose where it's kind of centered. And then the other half of it is tied up to something. And then you bring the rings out and you bring them back in. And I might have it backwards. You bring it in, out, out, in, either way. Um, and you're conscious, you're conscious, you're constantly focusing on the nearest ring. And when you can see one solid ring, it's like a little wooden thing on the string, then you bounce over to the next one and you start moving it out until you lose it. And then as soon as you lose it, you stop, bring it in maybe like a quarter of an inch or something, and then you practice focusing back on that. And that is the kind of stuff that gets that, that attention, that focus in the actual muscles, in the eyes, brains, all that other stuff, kind of shifting and doing exercises to get better at those kinds of things. Hopefully it makes sense. Hopefully I've described it the right way, but it's literally like having a string held up to your nose, putting rings out there and focusing on them and moving on to the next one. So would you, would you push out the ring like with your hand? Yep. So you push okay. it, you slide it out with your ring because on the rope, these little wooden rings slide. And okay. then when you start to lose it, you stop, bring it back a little bit and refocus. Oh. You only see one instead of double. Does that I make see. sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So it's almost teaching your eyes to be able to work together to focus on yes, that exactly. ring that's specific. Dis Interesting. Yep. And how, and does, that, so how does that go back into the game? Uh, because a lot of times I would misjudge things, right? Like I would think my placement or when I'm using the controller to do something, I'm not necessarily, my time and space is not matching up. It's not syncing up, right? There's that delay between where I think I am, where I actually am, where I should be. And it's all stuff that I'm probably not qualified to speak on, but it essentially gave me a better head space and timing um, place where I am more aware of where my position is and not just mm -hmm. like in real life, like reaching for a doorknob, but things that I interact with as well. Yeah, sure. So something that happens for me in the game and I will certainly, I mean, I haven't, and you haven't spoken to exactly what those injuries are and we don't have to go into that. I've, I've noticed though in, in game sometimes, and this is one of my biggest weaknesses right now that I'm working on is that when I'm going for an aerial or a double tap or something like that, I will get to the ball maybe a half second later than I expect to. So I feel like I'm going to hit the ball head on and it's going to go straight ahead, but then it'll actually just go down because I'm a half second late. And I think that's more of a timing thing on my side, but I can 100% see how that timing issue or the not necessarily being comfortable with the depth perception or the understanding the timing in space can really uh, cause some havoc in your gameplay. I mean, especially if you take that even into real life, you know, if you're yeah. struggling to like coordinate those things, you know, I just have issues in a game and it's frustrating, but it's so cool that, you know, because you were maybe seeing some issues in a game and you just bring it up and then you're actually seeing that, flow into your real life and improving your quality of life as well. Yeah, no, it's been wonderful because I, I was like to the point, even just like uh, real life stuff, I'd be riding bikes, you know, with my kids. And uh, I've had a couple of uh, TBI or traumatic brain injuries from like explosions downrange and stuff like that. Um, but recently, like about a year and a half, two years ago, I noticed, or my wife actually would say something to me. We'd be walking on the sidewalk together, walking in the mall, and I'd lean over. Like I'd I'd constantly pull to the right. I'd be riding bikes with my kids and it was to the point to where I had to ride in back of them or in front of them because if I was riding next to them um, and I'm obviously I'd have the kids like on the right side and I'll be on the left, I would legitimately almost run into them because mm. I can't stay center because of that whole headspace and, um, you know, vertical spacing and time sure. and all that stuff. Um, so it, it definitely extended beyond that, but 
it was really cool to see that the applications for fixing that affected other facets of, of life as well. You know? Yeah. I mean, Rocket League aside, it sounds like it's just great to have alleviated those things and, and oh, yeah. some clarity for yourself. That's great. That's, that's awesome. That's great. So I want to go back to something you said as well earlier that if when you were playing the game, it was pretty much just ranked up until you got into Diamond and then you discovered free play, you discovered training packs. What were some of the things that you stepped into immediately after understanding that these things could actually benefit you? What were some of the first things that you started working on? So, and it stinks, right? Because on console, you, you were stuck with free play. Like, that's it. And you were limited, really, to what you could do. Everybody says, do rings. Well, when you're a console player, you don't have some of those luxuries. Now, with the recent update, you've got a little bit more of that Bacchus, mile, uh, Bacchus Mod stuff in there, you know, with the uh, passing back and forth or what have you. Um, but there really wasn't too much else that, that you could really work on. And around this time is when I shifted to PC gaming. And that was like the game over kind of thing, because one of the first things I also did was install Baca's mod because I had heard about it before. And as I dove into this stuff and found out I could really tune some of my training, it was like, holy smokes, this is absolutely amazing. So what I would consciously do is I I'd look at three things that I think about what I'm bad at. You know, if I've played for the, over the weekend, what did I really mess up over the weekend? It double touches, um, maybe saves and aerials. Well, what I would do is pick the first one because obviously I can't spend all day on the game during the week like I would. And I would spend 15 to 30 minutes every day or every day that I went to play Rocket League. I'd almost punish myself. I'd make myself work on that one thing before playing any ranked games. And that was solely it. I would look for either training packs, YouTube tutorials. Um, anything to kind of help give me an edge or make me understand a little bit better what I need to do because gone are the days of like being 12 or 13, seeing somebody do one thing once and pff, I got it. No, I have to dissect it. I have YouTube going at like half speed. I'm like, okay, he did that there. He did that there really having to slow things down, but it made me better understand a lot of it as well. Um, so really it was just prioritizing the areas that I was weak in work on that and then if i did something that improved it in the game i would literally have a sticky note on my monitor saying these were the three things that i said i did bad on this last period i would constantly look at it like between games or something like that so it was always in my mind that i needed to focus and be better on this and doing little things like that i think really reminded me and kept me from reverting back to how i would normally play but would expand it and kind of push me into being conscious of where I'm weak and getting better at those areas. Mm -hmm. Did you find these weak points by watching replays just in game? How did you, how did you hone in on the things that you felt like you wanted to improve on? Definitely replays, um, other people's advice. You know, if I say, you know, I'm one of those people, I want to know what I did. And I played in um, RLPC for a couple of seasons and I was definitely like, the last man on the list, right? There's everybody's players and there, there's ad at the very end, the senior guy. But I would always like, what can I do better? You know, where can I get better at? So I always, was always looking for that kind of feedback. So between replays, uh, feedback from players that I've, I've played with, and that's where it would kind of help me tailor to what I need to do because we're our, we're, we are our own worst critics and that maybe I'm going to miss something or be a little bit biased. No, I've got these aerials hand down. I don't need to worry about that. But validation from other people really kind of you know, put me in the direction that I needed to go and what I need to get better at. And I think between that and when I got into casting, um, I've been casting Rocket League now for about a year and a half, actually watching other people play and analyzing their gameplay did wonders for me as well. Mm, sure. Yeah. Now, another curious thing that I'm curious about is what motivated you to make that switch to start training? Because there are so many people, there are plenty of people in my discord still. There are some people that I chat with every now and then that, you know, listen to my podcast. It's all about training. It's all about improvement. But then when I talk to them, they're like, oh, training is so boring. Free play is so boring. Training packs are so boring. Like you were living that life. Well, maybe not necessarily thinking that it was boring, but you weren't doing it. So what switched in your brain that you're like, oh, I want to do training packs. I want to do free play. 
Um, honestly, it's believe it or not, I think it was around the time it might have been afterwards. Well, esport coaching started taking off, right? Over here, over the years, you started to get gamers ready and all these other coaching services really starting to come online to say, hey, look, we'll help you get better. And as esports kind of took off the last couple of years, it, it really kind of changed my mindset about it and, and approach to it. it. It's okay, it could be a hobby, which is totally fine. But if I'm putting a couple thousand hours into this game or that's what I have, and I'm still the same rank. You know, and my wife's even messing with me at this point. Like, did you did you hit champ tonight? Did you hit you know GC? And it's like, no. And it's golly. Oh, geez. Wow, you're so even getting time. it from the oh, wife. It was terrible. Trust me. Sheesh. You don't even want to know what happened the first night I made GC. It was a brand new man in the house. <laughs> <laughs> she wasn't ready for that. Uh, but uh, it, it was just realizing that it, it's – Okay, it could be a hobby, but if you're really putting that much time into it anymore, or if you're continuing to put that much time in it, do something constructive with it. You know, get better at it. Because of all my friends, I was like the longest hard stuck diamond that I knew. Like, I'm not kidding you when I say I spent like two or three years in diamond. It was absolutely- I was two years around champ one, so I, I can sympathize with you. Oh yeah. And I couldn't imagine it today. Like if I fall down far enough to see two, like that's it, I'm uninstalling because that's a mountain to climb. You have the, some of those, you know, uh, those milestones, so to speak in rocket league. And if you fall too far back, it is so hard to get back up there. But I think it was just really realizing, look, if I'm playing it this much, I want to get better at it and I'm not going to get better at it by just hopping in rank. Like if, I'm a pitcher, if I'm a football player, if I'm actually a pro player playing Rocket League, they're putting time in for a reason. There's a reason they do free play. There's a reason they do training packs. Well, maybe not training packs at that level, but there's a reason when they're waiting between games, they're doing something in free play to practice on, to work on. So I think it was just really taking it more serious. And I hate to say it like that because it kind of sounds like it's becoming a job, but no, it's just committing to, I'm going to be better. I have to do what, you know, I know is better. If my kids are doing karate, I'm making them practice at night. We're going to practice their katas or I think that's what it's called. They're practicing. They're rehearsing them. Well, sure. It's kind of ironic if I'm sitting here telling them, if you want to be good at it, you got to do this. Yet dad's sitting here jumping and ranked as soon as the kids go to bed, then getting pissed off that he's still the same rank he started at. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it was just like a, a conglomerate of things. Yeah. But I, I really think it was just taking it more serious. So I, I if you're open to it, I'd like to, I'd like to dig into that just a little bit deeper because I would, I would feel that you were already taking it pretty seriously. If you're playing it on a, on a regular basis, right? You're loading it up all the time. You're playing the game. You're putting a lot of time in. So what, what spark occurred where you really wanted to take it serious? What kind of thought process did you go through? What hit you? What was it that you were like, Oh, I'm I'm taking it serious, but now I'm going to take it this kind of serious, and these are the things that I'm going to start doing in this game. I, I think it was really, and it, it, it sounds funky, but you know, like the the kid who gets picked last in dodgeball, right? Like, it's, oh, I don't want to be picked last, and it was just kind of that. Hey, like I'm not that good. I've got so many hours in here, and when you play, like you know, with other teams or you do scrims or something, and you can kind of tell people, it's like, ah, oh, it's sad. Like, yeah, you know, and he's okay for an old guy. And it was just kind of a lot of that by realizing, hey, other people kind of see this too. And, and it's not anybody getting mad or upset, but it's challenging myself to say, hey, look, like, you got to get better at it. If you're putting this much in there, I've never been one to just kind of be subpar or do or try not to do minimum before I was definitely doing the minimum. Um, but it was really just that setting a goal. Like my honest to God goal, like a year and some change ago was to make GC one. Like that was it. Like that's what I've got to do. That's all I want to do. Um, and then I'll consider that success, right? Like literally had this, you know, conversation with myself one day um, and just setting that target on the wall and realizing you have to do repetitions. Like so much of what you do to get better at Rocket League applies to everything in life. Like I love lifting weights. I'm a gym bro. And you don't get bigger, you don't get stronger by doing, you know, five pound curls, you know, or, or 
it's 85 pounds, 95 pounds on the bench press. You gradually go up and you make things harder. And I think just realizing that other real life aspects translate into a game um, <laughs> so, with, with such similar context, it, it it's just really hard to pinpoint to one thing when it's so many things, when you look at the grand scheme of it, uh, translate well to a game and also in life. 100%. So it seems like you just had this light bulb of, I, you know, you were dissatisfied with where you were and you wanted to do something about it. Yeah. Yeah. It was a goal. Like it was a legit goal. Some people are like, I want financial freedom. I want, you know, a million dollars. like, I want to make grand champion rocket league. Let's go. Nice. (laughs) Have you set many other, have you always been a goal setter? Somebody that would like find something that they want and, and go for it. Or is this, I, well, I mean, you're a weightlifter, right? So you've probably had some goals in that as well. Yeah, it's one of those things I think like um if you like something you'll 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 set bars, you know, or or things like that. Like I constantly track my workouts. Like I've got an app on my phone uh that tells me like I plug in this is what I lifted, this is how many reps I did, and then it shows you the history of it too, right? Like last workout depending if it's the same one or if I'm doing a different routine. Um I maxed my bench on this one. I did one extra rep or I added five more pounds onto this and like it makes that cool ding sound like when you do something it's kind of like ah yes you know what i mean and it's kind of feeding it's rewarding you know into that whole system of rewarding when you're doing things the right way and i think i like being able to see results i'm a very results oriented person so if i'm seeing the product of something um it will make me push harder but i had to set the initial foundation of it first and i definitely wasn't doing that early on and it's no wonder i was stuck for so long Sure. Well, and I think as a weightlifter, you have already conditioned yourself to understand long-term benefits, right? You understand that as a weightlifter, things come over a long period of time. They're not going to come overnight. And in a game like Rocket League, when you start playing initially, you might improve very rapidly because especially now with YouTube videos and training packs and people being able to see flip resets and all that, like you can get those things so fast, but once it starts getting a little nitty gritty, it's going to take you, like you said, you know, I set the goal and it was seven, eight months to get to GC one. And that's not something that everybody is mentally and emotionally prepared for, for it to take something for something to take so long to to get to so having that kind of training already set up probably benefited you a lot in terms of setting that goal to get to gc1 no 100 percent. and i tell you it's funny you mentioned the youtube thing because i know early on what i had caught myself doing was i okay let's say i'm going to look at a video of double taps and you go down to what i call at least and i'm sure other people call it the same the youtube black hole well, I'm going from double taps to flip resets to this. So now my training routine just became four items, right? And I think people have to be careful of focusing or, or doing too many things at once. I, I think what really kind of skyrocketed a lot of that was sticking with one thing. I am not mm. touching anything else but double taps for the next 100 hours or something like that. And there is, um, oh, I can't believe I'm forgetting his name. Uh, there's a YouTuber, a good Rocket League YouTuber, um, who does like a thousand hours freestyling, thousand hours double taps, or a hundred hours. Taps. Yes, uh, Than- yeah, exactly. In seeing some of that, and I think that's honestly could be where I got the idea from. I don't remember. Memory's kind of bad, but you could legit see this guy. And assuming obviously it's all real, I, I do. He does seem like a genuine person. Oh, Never- his- He's but, been on the show before. I would suggest you check out that episode. He's a he's okay. a great guy. Thanovic's yeah, awesome. Absolutely. Well, there you go. Like you can see him progress because he is no kidding on his. I remember popping into a couple of his streams when he was doing it. This is all he's doing. Like he yeah. is so so. It's gotta work. And I think mm-hmm. that's what a lot of people fall into. Um, even with some of the, um, I don't want to say younger players, but with some of the not as good the less skilled players in um my organization they wanted they they see everybody doing all this crazy stuff like going for aerials and it's like dude you're gold hit the ball like that's (laughs) all you gotta do hit the ball man like that's it do not go into the air do not do an aerial i don't want to see this i don't want to see that 
hit the ball. That's all you've got to do right now. That's what is that whole, you know, and that's where I think a lot of people get into trouble is they try doing too much too fast. And uh, that's the only thing, like when it comes to you, like, yeah, look it, but just stay on topic. Don't click any other video, just this video. That's it. Yeah. And there's, there's certainly some validity to focusing on one thing. I've been spending a lot of time on whey proteins, uh, backboard therapy pack and learning on working on my backboard reads and working on being able to hit the ball out of the air really well and lining myself up. And man, I'm starting to score those goals now instead of going for them and hitting them and then going to the corner or going straight down or, you know, going all the way back to my net. Like I actually score those goals now and that feeling is so rewarding. And it's because I've been working on that pack for like a month now. And it's crazy, too, because that is still a short amount of time when you're talking a particular skill in Rocket League. It's funny because recently that is what I was obsessed with getting better at or really focusing on. And that's the same pack I would go to. And, you know, like it's what do they say? Like uh, um, an idiot is like doing the same thing over and over, expecting different results or something like that. There you go. Insanity. Let me. That's how I used to kind of be with some of the training. Because Why can't I hit this? Well, I'm still doing the same daggone thing that I've done the last 20 attempts on this. And one of the biggest things I found is I'm like an A type personality person and that translate into other facets of life. And guess what? I use a lot of boost in rocket league, big shock, you know, big surprise there. And like, there's a correlation with that kind of stuff too. But what I caught, what I caught myself doing was get off the boost. I ride boost way too much. And when I started realizing, Hey, like I'm so aggressive with this kind of stuff, that's when I really started, oh my God, I hit that. Oh, it's because I didn't boost the whole way through or do this or do that. So I think you also have to have a level of self-awareness and be honest with yourself to, I know I'm doing this, I've got to stop and just realize you got to try different things to find out what works. And no kidding, that is what was really hurting my progression with that was just being on the boost way too much and not kind of letting the ball drive where I'm going to go. Me trying to drive where I wanted the ball to go. Mm, yeah, that's that's huge. So I have a I have a couple of questions about things that kind of came up in in the past like 10 minutes. I mean, all this has been so so good. So in terms of setting a goal, one thing that I've this is a personal struggle that I've had, especially as somebody that's a little bit older. You know, you set this goal in a in a video game, right? I don't know if you have friends that are video game players or Like, you know, a lot of other gamers, but as a 38 year old dude that has started this organization that you spend a lot of time with for IGL, you played this game a lot. Uh, I don't know if you get ragged on a lot for playing video games or feel like you do. Like if you even share it that much in the outside real world, like my wife will tell a lot of her networking buddies or friends, oh yeah, my husband does this podcast for Rocket League and and I'm like, uh, that's that's so like, why are you telling real people about this stuff that I do? Even though I'm proud of it, like yep, what yep. I'm creating is so cool, but it's just like, oh, yeah, I'm a 35 year old dude and I'm just playing video games all the time. And I'm so focused on this. All that to all that to say, you know, when you set a goal for yourself in a game like in any video game, but in Rocket League, like I'm champ one, I'm champ two and I want to get to GC. There has to be some times that you just have a horrible day in rocket league or maybe a couple days in a row where you just have horrible days. You don't want anything to do with the game. How do you, how do you keep yourself motivated? How do you keep yourself going when really at the end of the day, there's no consequence to rocket league, right? If you give up, you're not gonna, you're, you know, you're still going to have a paycheck. Your family's still going to love you. You're still going to wake up and be, you know, be yourself. So how do you stay motivated in something like that? Like, how do you keep the drive with your goals? I'll hit that point that I just want to touch on something that you said, because it's pretty ironic. But when it comes to that kind of stuff, I I think it's important to also realize at the end of the game, it is also, or at the end of the day, it is also a game, right? Like I'm not, you know, I I have players on contract uh, that we pay to play Rocket League uh, professionally for our organization. I don't, I don't have the same things riding on the line because I could cut, I hate to say cut them because it sounds terrible, but 
that's what it is. I could cut them and find a better player if they're starting to perform bad. I don't have to necessarily worry about being in that position, right? So it, it, it's a gift and a curse too. Obviously, I want to get better and whatnot, but I think it's important to realize though, life and death is not on the line, even for those mm-hmm. pro players, right? I've been in, you know, life or death situations several times in these things, little, little bumps, right? Like, okay, I played bad today. Tomorrow's going to be better. Like the sun's going to rise. I'm still going to have a birthday. That's not the end all be all because it's just a small, I don't know if it's small anymore considering it's a business now, but uh, it's still a small part of it. So I think just stepping back and realizing all is not gone. All is not lost. On Twitter, you'll see these countless long t- uh, tweets, or I forget what you call it, the twit longer, maybe, I don't know, of people who are quitting Rocket League. Like, I've had it. I'm never going to be this good, you know, or, you know, just really fed up with the game because of how many hours they're putting into it. And I really do feel bad for them because they have spent this, you know, inordinate amount of time and effort to get better at something. But there's just something there that is not letting them get over that roadblock. And I'm willing to bet nine times out of 10, it's between the keyboard and the chair. That's where that they call it like Pebka, right? Problem exists between keyboard and chair or something like that. Um, so I think keeping things in perspective and realizing that me not making GC, what are the real ramifications for it? Okay, there, there, there's none really. I might get ragged on a little bit. I don't get a sweet title, but hey, tomorrow will be better day. Um, so I think it's just really keeping everything in perspective. Now, if you're a professional player making money with it, you've got to find that healthy balance of um gaming and things outside because like uh, one of my players like goes through burnouts periodically and i had to have a talk with them um like dude you're doing too many tournaments for us you're playing too much you got to do other stuff man like i'm i'm I, I feel like i'm very invested but not in just the player but the individual that we have representing our organization so i flat out was like dude i don't want to see you on rocket league for like three days like go away take a break because it gets to that point of diminishing returns. And I think mm-hmm. long-winded answer, uh, I think it's just really putting things into more perspective and realizing it's not the end-all be-all if you can't do something. And tomorrow is another day, another opportunity to get better. You just kind of think about what you could have improved on, kind of like a self-reflection kind of thing, and make that a point. Um, and, and the break thing I think is super important. Um, I don't think enough people, I, I even, no kidding, tell my players this, like, I want you to lift weights. You ever want to get in a workout routine? I want you to run. I want you to do something because you have to do something other than sitting in a chair playing a video game for 12, 15 hours a day. I know I did it as a kid myself. Like, that's how I was. Um, but there's so much more that can go on outside of the game that can make you a better player inside of the game. Being healthy, sleeping, getting exercise, that stuff translates. To, 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 uh, it translates to the video game as well. Like it, it's a whole, you know, holistic kind of approach. Um, but I do just want to hit one thing. Hopefully I kind of hit your answer on that one. It's such a, that, that's one, like there's so much different things for it. But uh, it's funny because I, I'm like, when I go to work, I work with like a type personality people in the military as well. Not a single person that I work with or that I have worked with in 18 years, minus maybe one or two people, knows I play video games, knows I own an esports organization or a business, uh, they would be absolutely flabbergasted if they saw how big of a, a space nerd, a video gamer, an esports guy that I am. They would like, no, not Dan. That's not him. He lifts weights <laughs> and cute stuff and does things like that. It's like a closet style life. And uh, it, it's, it's, it's sad too, right? Like, because you think about it and it's something I'm proud. Like I am super proud of escape velocity and the organization that I'm building. Uh, but it just, the kind of people that I'm around with at work when it comes to that, that's not their thing, you know? So it's really kind of hard to want to do my, my, my team just won, you know, the casters cup for IGL thousand dollars this last weekend. Um, it's all stuff that's shared with my wife and my kids. They absolutely love it, but I, I don't, 
run and tell anybody at work just because it's weird. You know what I mean? And I think there's still a stigmata attached to it, unfortunately, um, when it comes to these kinds of things, especially around our age. I think like my kids aren't going to have the same issue, but I think right. around our age right now, there's still that negative connotation when it comes to that kind of stuff. And it's funny because I used to do a gaming podcast as well for about two and a half, three years. Um, and my wife would tell people, I'm like, oh, don't, don't say anything. God. Yeah, right. You know, right? but I, yeah. literally the same stuff. Hopefully I answered it though. I have a tendency to get long winded. So no, that's totally, that's totally fine. I think, I think the thing that I'm really curious about, or, and maybe you have an example of this, of maybe a conversation that you had with yourself directly of when you have a really bad day, but then you, you know, realize that you want to keep working on this. Like this is something that you're committed to. It's something that you want to see, uh, evolve and continue to grow. Um, and, and maybe it's not even in rocket league, but with the, with the organization, like what, how do you, how do you keep yourself going when you maybe don't necessarily see what you're wanting to see? I think it it all just kind of, I think it just kind of peels back around to that. Just realizing today, tomorrow's another day. I, I really think you have to look at it in the aspect of, okay, maybe I didn't do what I could have done today, or I didn't accomplish what I did today. But as long as I work to make tomorrow better than today, which hopefully I work to make better than yesterday, I think as long as you're continuing, continuing to give that, you know, God's honest work, putting that effort in, um, I think as long as you're continuing to push, it's just one of the things you have to accept. You're going to have a bad day. You're going to have some rough games. I, I made it a rule for a while that if I lost two or three in a row, that was it. No more ranked threes or ranked twos, whatever mode I was in, I was not playing anymore that night because by that point I'm also getting tilted, right? Like that's how we get into that one more game mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's just realizing it's just a rough patch. Like you're going to get better and you'll come back and to be better is why you keep coming back just to make that, you know, that next time you try it better than the next one, you know? And that's one of the things that we, I tell my players too. And I give them these little motivational talks and it's seriously, I do like, Hey, look, like what matters right now is that, you know, you got a game to play. It's in front of you, go play that game. And if we lose, you just realize, hey, this is what I could have done better. And you start on the next game. Like it's not how people aren't going to remember the fact that you lost here. They're going to think about, you know, what you're going to do the next time you show up. You know, it's how you respond to those points of adversity. And that's going to wipe that memory of that time that you lost here, you know, and, and things like that. It's what matters is more so how you set yourself up for the next game versus how you did the last game. Totally. I think a I think a perfect example of that is Vitality in RLCS EU. They got 15-16 in the first regional and everybody's like, "Oh my gosh, what is going on? They're horrible. They're washed. They need to get rid of the team. Somebody needs to go, blah blah blah." And Gibbs is talking about them not even making the major, but then with who I can't remember Evil Genius is lost. So Vitality makes the major and now nobody cares that they got 15, 16 because they did what they had to do to still get in the major. Like, of course, evil genius had to help them and lose, but they're still there. Right. So nobody, it's that thing about you could literally get last. And if you wake up the next day and keep fighting, keep working, perform how you know you can perform, or at least if you're not already a professional, if you're trying to improve, continue to improve, continue to work, and you will have more opportunities. That's, I mean, yeah. and that is a perfect example of that. No, I agree with you. And I think a lot of that just tends to be, uh, we've become a very, you know, results oriented, like, I want to see results right now kind of thing. And, you know, that's what they say, you know, like, a lot of kids these days don't like baseball, because it's so long. Or, you know, if I'm watching baseball, and it's a pitcher's duel, like, I 
I don't know how you could watch that much. It's zero, zero, ninth inning. And it's everything that's going in to get it that way and keep it that way. You have mm-hmm. to look at all nine innings, not just one inning. And I, I think it's really tough to be a pro player, especially with, and I don't want to sound like I'm not, I'm ragging on kids or knocking on kids or anything, but they have a tendency to just be very short-sighted and not look at the bigger picture and things. And I think that a lot of the RLCS players and pro players, bubble players get a lot of flack from their fans simply because of that. Um, They just, they want to win right now. They don't want to wait, you know, next week or two months from now, three months from now. And that's what makes, you know, a lot of those pro players, it helps them build that resilience up to, you know, they're getting flack on their Twitter, but they know they can be better. Look at somebody like turbo. He's been in there for how long now he's had his, share of defeats and wins mm-hmm. and now he's arguably the you know greatest rocket league competitor of all time and it's because of looking at that bigger picture it's not focusing on those things that you miss but realizing there's another opportunity that's coming up next you know yeah. things like that and, and i think it's just looking longer term versus that real short term um and, and i think that's a textbook example of it yeah and another great example of that is Metzenaris. I mean, he was mm. at the top of the game early on in RLCS, and then nobody's been saying his name for, you know, a few seasons now. And look at them. They've won two regionals, and they're in a great place. Like, people feel like they are the number one contender right now, or at least one of the top contenders to win the major. If you had said Metzenaris is going to be a top contender to win a major a year ago, everybody would have been like, he's still in RLCS. Yeah. Like, does anybody even care about him? So I, th- I think, you know, there's something to be said about just keep working. Just yeah. like wake up every day, look at what your opportunities are, and then do something with them, which I think is a great transition because going back before, you said you feel like you've gotten to your peak of GC1. And as where I'm at, like, there are still so many things that I feel like I, I can improve on to continue to improve and move on. Like I, I got my GC rewards for the first time. Uh, well, I did in season 14, but in, in free to play and where I feel like I actually earned them was the first time this season in season four. Uh, but I feel, I still feel like I have so much more that I can work on and improve on to continue to get better. So I'm wondering, like, do you feel like you can continue to move forward or like since you've hit this goal of being GC1 or you just feel like you're satisfied with where you are now? So it's kind of ironic, right? Because I said, hey, my goal is GC1. That's it. I think I've peaked. But I'd also be lying and I wouldn't be playing anymore if I didn't want more right? Like, what's the point? Like, I've already done it. Okay, cool. Put the controller down, walk away. So I, that subconscious thing of no, now next is GC2. But then you also have to kind of be realistic with where you're at, with how old you're getting, what's going on in life and stuff like that. So I, I think it's just one of those things on, okay, cool. I at least accomplished that. So if, and when Rocket League goes out, Hey, I did hit this goal. Um, but I think it's, it's important to, to, we play this game and people stick with this game for a reason. They want to get better. There's people who do fall off. You know, I don't want to do this game, but the people who are there, you know, at diamond champ, they've been doing this for a while. And I think as you get up higher, you're finding less and less people are going to leave it. Right. Uh, They're in it for the long haul. They already have all this, you know, this maximum time invested in it. So I think it's that constant, Hey, I'm chasing something now. Like I was chasing GC one. I could have just stopped playing and just run my org, but now I, I want to hit GC too. Like I've got to find ways though, to compensate for it too. Um, because, Hey, I'm not going to compete with a GC two, a GC three and SSL when it comes to mechanics, I can't do half the stuff they do. I've tried, I've had it, you know, I've covered it a million times, but where I can compensate is game sense. I tend to have become a more patient player. Um, whereas before I'd fly on by if somebody was going to do a flick or something like that to where now I know I can't match you mechanically, but maybe I can put myself in a position 
you know, position wise, game sense wise to at least be able to stop what you're trying to. I know what you're going to do. I see up in the air. You're coming right at me. I know I can't challenge you, but maybe going off the backboard to meet you or something like this is going to help me get better. And maybe I can get by on game sense. Maybe, you know, there is a way, an alternate path up the totem pole that doesn't say I have to be able to musty flick cucks or twist with a double pinch. Um, and I can do it just by raw strategy. You know, I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, but I definitely think there's a lot to be said about finding ways to compensate. But at the end of the day, we're all chasing a carrot, right? Like I'm still playing because I still want to get better. Like I, okay, I, I've peaked, but I'm still playing. So part of me is like, no, nah, man, you got GC2. You got GC3. Mm -hmm. uh, it's awesome. It's a gift and a curse. <laughs> you're certainly you're certainly right about that and i think that's why i've you know i'm i'm leaning more into the igl stuff mostly just because i want to give folks in the booster club that's what i call my my discord i want to give us an opportunity to uh compete and yep. you know we're talking a lot about training we're talking a lot about Im improving and now i'm just building this kind of unit of people in this group of people that also want to compete together and grow together and and kind of form that bond of teamwork and camaraderie and things of that nature and you know that's I have, awesome i have one team in particular uh kickback gaming shout out to those guys but they they all met in the discord and they've they've been playing this season together and they just had a blast and uh you know i talk to them or I hear from them about how much they enjoy just spending time together and they've improved as a team and they, you know, they want to work to all get better. And it's, it's just cool to see that. And it just adds so much into what I want to create in terms of this podcast and everything else. And you're right. Like it, it does never end. And like, instead of like, I'm, I'm not necessarily wanting to grow an org. Like my focus is, me improving and helping others improve by really honing in on how I improve and talking to other people about improvement and things of that nature. Uh, and I don't want to necessarily spend my time growing this org, but having something like IGL is such a, like a nice wrap in to all of those things as well. And in, in terms of giving people an opportunity to compete in like a organized fashion, which IGL just does so, so well. Now, I'm curious, though, so if you are wanting to improve, but you don't necessarily feel like you can keep up mechanically, like, are you still spending time in free play? Or are you still working on training packs? Have you been spending less time doing those because you feel like you've kind of hit this location that you're satisfied with? How does how you play the game look? How has that looked recently? So... Um, I, I would say casting has definitely opened my, like, uh, we, we kind of touched on, Hey, I've, I've done casting a lot as well. And casting takes you out of the driver's seat. And when I'm a player, it's much harder to see a missed past opportunity or, or I could have done this differently, or, you know, I could have gone for this bump, but when you're, I think when you actually are forced to be on the outside to, to be and when you're casting a game, cause you're either using director cam or you're a spectator or, you know, you've got somebody else running the cameras and stuff, you get a much bigger look at things. And that translates a lot to you as a player. Right. So I definitely mm -hmm. think there's a lot of translation over into the extra activities I do in Rocket League. I've done everything from uh, high school Rocket League to, you know, RLCS teams, you know, in the Intel Open uh, recently. So it, it's this huge gambit uh, of players in seeing the varying skill levels and what's required to get here and just being able to or being forced to take a back seat to see what's going on has really kind of opened the aperture when it kind of comes to that kind of stuff. I still look at replays. Um, I'm big on looking at other players at replays too. Like I, I think looking at modeling yourself after a pro player is a really good way and maybe a bad way, right? Like I play similar. I had asked one of my buddies, um, who do I play? Like who, if you had, cause he knows everybody in RLCS. If you had to say, I play like a certain player, who would you say? He's K dot. I was like, okay, cool. So I went on, you know, one of the most under, I think is an underappreciated resource because I still can't believe people don't know about ball chasing. And I think there's other sites out there too. Ball chasing is the one I'm intimately familiar with, but 
I can go in there and type KDOP's name in, pull his replays and watch. What would mm-hmm. KDOP do here? What would K- Now, obviously, I'm not at that skill level, but that game sense stuff surely translates over. I can sit here and know when I should go after this, when I shouldn't. And I think doing things like that, there are so many different avenues for you to improve as a player. And you can literally, if I'm, I can't sit here and pretend I'm Tom Brady. What would Tom Brady do? You know, fourth and one. You know, I can't sit there and get what he saw in the, f- the field. But holy crap, I can do that in Rocket League, man. Like, that's absolutely amazing that I can do that. And resources like that, like how they also have the heat maps for how you're using boost, boost stolen. There's so many other analytics in here that if you take a non-biased approach to it on what I could look to fix, I think those are definitely ways that you can improve uh, in ways that I continually do as well. I make it a conscious effort to look at that. And that has certainly helped me grow, you know, as a player. And you go into these growth phases, right? Like I'm in this little bit of a growth phase right now. Uh, you know, a little reset happened. I fell back down to C2, C3. Like I'm back on the rise. I'm like a couple of games back away from GC. And I've never hit it that quick. Like it's mm-hmm. as I keep that climb going, it's getting a lot easier. But I also think it's because of the different things that you acquire along the way to get better. Definitely. Definitely. So you would say that the focus is still on the game, but you're you're are you spending more time casting as well? Like do you feel like this is that's something that you are feeling drawn to yeah i mean it's a split because escape velocity is also a business now like i i set it into an llc back in march uh because my plan is my i retire here in 19 20 months is for escape velocity to be what i retire to do you know i don't mm. obviously want to do anything with the government ever again i love it government but you know i'm done um but i want to do something you know like that and that's where escape velocity kind of came from it was like my father that's where i want to dedicate myself to it's my passion it's what i love doing um so it's really setting setting up for that between running the org doing casting when i can um and things like that i don't get to do it as much as i'd like to but when i can like it's i feel like i still get better all the time because when you play something when you do something um you understand a lot more of the game and as i've gotten better i understand a lot more on the field like i can sit here as a diamond and say well you should have done this but well, maybe there's a reason why, you know, and if you don't necessarily understand, you know, or kind of comprehend the higher level gameplay, it could be tricky. Um, but there's definitely avenues that contribute to it, um, whether it just being around in the org. We have a ton of SSLs playing six mans with them. That will force you to get better. Um, the casting, the replay reviews, it, it, there's just so many different things that that, that are there now that I, I, I switch on and off to um, that. I'll get one thing out of one and not the other um, that, that kind of helps and pushes. Nice. That's awesome. Well, uh, I will say before we start wrapping up here in a second that I, again, really appreciate you taking the chance and, and filling out that form to come join me here on the podcast, because this, this has been really enjoyable. I've, I've had a good time chatting with you. So thanks for, thanks for taking the time to hang out with me. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. I like what you're doing. I'm definitely going to make the effort to get in there this week, check some of them out. I'm very curious uh, about some of the other stuff. But I think when it comes to community things like this, um, the people that are invested in it, like yourself, make the best because of it. Um, So I I think that's really cool. And with what you have doing there, you may not want it to get big. Uh, I did not want my organization. I've said only we're only going to have five teams or we're only going to have 10 teams. And we have like 15 to 20 now. And it's because people see you doing something good over there. They want to be a part of it. And then you don't want to feel bad by telling people no. So you can say, I don't want to get that big, but people are going to gravitate towards you because they see what you're doing. Um, And it's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, Oh, sure, sure. What you guys sound like, like you may not want to get big, but if you're successful in what you're trying to do, it will. Oh, no, I I would love to see, you know, within the booster club having like 10, 15 IGL teams. But in terms of like having a pro team or starting like a proper organization, you know, I'm I'm not my main priority is me getting better at Rocket League (laughs) like that. That is my business. I don't I don't necessarily want to go the org direction. But in terms of like having a bunch of, you know, folks that want to start 
teams and and have the community built around them that we have at the booster club like yeah i'd love to see you know 10 or 15 teams uh doing doing their own thing within the organization of of the booster club but i want them to do their own thing i just want to facilitate them finding each other and oh you'll you'll get better IGL yeah. is hands down like one of like it, it's hands down the best amateur uh, organization when it comes to leagues that I've ever seen. Like hands down, like I'm happy to be a community caster there. I'm happy we have a franchise there. They do. And it's a tough thing to manage when you're talking hundreds, you know, thousands of players there and they do yeah. that every circuit. Um, but it is hands down the best place to play. Uh, amateur games and, and like you will get better you have to like it, it's right it's a byproduct of playing every week in a competitive match definitely definitely so uh we kind of go through the same process here of winding down the show and the first part of that is just uh any any final thoughts that you might have for the listeners of the infinite boost podcast yeah um i i think it's just hey it, it's you'll get better like you're going to, as long as you set yourself up for success and can honestly say, Hey, look, um, this is what I'm doing to get better at X, Y, and Z. Um, you're going to do it because now you've identified it and you've made it a target to shoot for it to to do. And I think it's important to do that. You can't go into a free play session just to not do anything because what are you spending your time on? Have a goal you know, don't steer away from that goal and realize you're probably going to get worse before you get better because you're focusing Mm. on it so much, but you will get better the more time you spend on it. Um, But also, yeah, keep in perspective too that, hey, you might just have to walk away for a while. It's a game. Maybe you take a day or two off. Um, And that too is like, I think one of the biggest things when you're trying to get better, the burnout, if you step away for a day or two, you might find you come back and do a lot better than where Mm. you were. Um, So yeah, that's, what I would say on, on that note. Nice. And where can people find you out on the internet? Yeah. So on Twitter, it's at Adderolin, A-D-D-E-R-O-L-L-I-N. I haven't really spelled that here lately. Um, yeah. On Twitch, it's just uh, Adderolin HD. Um, Discord, I've ordered stuff, every, all the other stuff's there too in the notes. But yeah, that's my primary. All my casting for IGL um, is uh, Adderolin HD. Uh, on Twitch. Nice. And then your org, where can people find that stuff? If Escape Velocity. Check out what you're doing. Yeah. EscapeVelocity.gg is our website. The Discord is discord.gg slash Escape Velocity. Uh, Twitch, ESC underscore Velocity GG. And uh, Twitter, ESC underscore Velocity GG. Nice. Very good. And uh, last but not least, uh, a question for the audience. So a question that you can ask the audience. One thing that I've been doing is putting it now I can do like a poll on Spotify. So if you're listening on Spotify, you can answer our question there on Twitter or wherever you might be able to find an opportunity to answer. But uh, any question that you might like to ask the audience of infinite boost. Um, Are we talking rocket league? Anything at all. Okay. Um, At least reasonably appropriate. (laughs) <laughs> what did you do to get better today? Mm. Simple. That'd be my easy. question to you. What did you do to get better today? What did you do to get yourself one step closer to a goal? Um, what did you do? Nice. All just right. Well, again, uh, before I shut this down, I would just like to say Ad, that this was a lot of fun. It was enjoyable. Thanks so much for uh, joining me on the show. I think, I think people will really enjoy this one. So, Thanks for filling out the form. Uh, I appreciate it. Best of luck with the rest of the season with all your teams and whatnot. I hope things go well for you. And uh, I'll see you in the Senior League. Sounds good. I'll see you there. Thanks a lot for having (laughs) me once again. Thanks for the boost.